thank you for listening to our podcast. We pray that the word that you hear on this program will encourage, strengthen, and motivate you to do the will of God. Be blessed by today's message. I'd like to talk for a few moments on the topic of choices. You know, I think about every day we wake up, from the time we wake up till the time we go to sleep, we make tons of choices throughout the day. Some willingly, some unwillingly. Some easy choices, some hard choices. Some that are simple and some that are really serious. Some people can make decisions at the drop of a hat, on the fly. They know what they wanted. They just choose. And then you've got people like me who overthink everything, undermine everything, weigh out the outcome to every decision that I make, and it seems like it's more complicated. People like me who take, I don't know, 30 minutes to just pick what kind of detergent or softener that we should have at the grocery store or what flavor of turkey or ham at the lunch meat deli section. Choices don't come so easy for me to decide on, but either way, we've got a lot of choices we make throughout the day. In fact, I read somewhere that an average person makes an eye-popping 35,000 choices per day. And that that's kind of kind of blows my mind to think that, but think about this. Didn't you decide to potentially ignore that phone call or ignore that notification? You chose to take a sip of coffee. Maybe you chose to reposition yourself because your back wasn't feeling too good. You chose to scratch your arm because you had an itch. Those things are choices. In fact, you chose to listen to this podcast. Choices are inevitable. It's part of life. I read a book that our pastor had given us one day called I Want What God Wants. And in this book, it tells of a true story called The Power of Tiny Gains. Dave Brailsford became the performance director of the British professional cycling team in 2010. He faced a difficult challenge since no British cyclist had ever won the Tour de France. When Brailsford was hired, he was asked to change that. He believed that if you improved every area related to cycling by just 1%, those small gains would add up, resulting in a winning formula. It's called the aggregation of marginal gains. Brailsford started his team with the obvious improvements the nutrition of the riders, and the weekly training program. But Brailsford didn't stop there. He and his team were looking for 1% improvements in tiny areas overlooked by almost everyone else. So the team discovered the pillow that offered the best sleep and started taking it with them to the hotels. For their muscles that were worn out, they tested for types of massage gel, and they taught riders the best way to wash their hands to avoid infection. They were looking for 1% improvements everywhere. Brailsford believed if they executed this strategy, his team would be in a position to win the Tour de France in five years. Well, he was wrong. They won it in three years. 
The power of tiny gains is remarkable. Just a 1% difference every day between good and great, effort and lazy, happy or sad, adds up to a big difference. James Clear sums it up like this. In the beginning, there is basically no difference between making a choice that is 1% better or 1% worse. In other words, it won't impact you very much today. But as time goes on, these small improvements or declines compound and you suddenly find a very big gap between people who make slightly better decisions on a daily basis and those who don't. This is why small choices don't make much of a difference at the time, but add up over the long term. And I thought about this. I thought about the choices that we make. You know, on the negative side of choices, I realized that, that, that people who are or have been, let's just say, alcoholics or drug addicts or murderers, and I'm going to add glutton in there for my own sake, <laughs> Those don't typically become those things. Those people don't become those things overnight. But it is simply a slight decrease of morality daily. Maybe choosing the wrong thing on a small level on a daily basis. That's all it takes. I've heard it said an alcoholic don't become an alcoholic overnight. It just starts with one drink. A murderer doesn't become a murderer overnight. It starts with a thought. It starts with a choice to potentially hate someone. And I had to evaluate my own life in my own struggles and my own frustrations that seem insurmountable if I push reverse on my mind and I wind it back, I can remember the small choices on the negative side that I made on a daily basis. Some, some choices that I made that I wasn't even knowing that I made those choices. It was without thought. But I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit the closer you get to God, gives you an understanding on how to make the right choices. The Holy Spirit becomes your conscience. And it's that inner sense of right and wrong to where the Holy Spirit lets you know, stop right there. Don't go that way. Don't say that thing. Don't think that way. Don't do that. What unhealthy recurring thoughts can I intentionally override by speaking the word of God? I have to ask myself that question. What can I do to improve my own spiritual walk if by just 1% daily? There are choices that I can make positively on a daily basis that can improve my walk with Christ, that can allow me to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For instance, I think about 
in reference to these choices that lead us into wrong paths. Some some are unwilling. Some are we can't help it. For instance, the person that deals with fear thinks they're going to die every time they feel some sort of new pain in their body. What can you do with the thought? The Word of God in the book of Ephesians talks about the whole armor of God and how we are to put on the helmet of salvation. And when you put a helmet on, it is to cover, obviously, an important organ that we all need, our brain. That helmet is to cover our brain. And in the spiritual side of that, the helmet of salvation in the spirit is to cover our thought process with the word of God, to protect our thoughts. We've all heard it said before that the mind is the battlefield of the enemy. That is where the enemy comes against us, with is with our thoughts. Because the enemy knows if he can get us to think wrong about God and about who we are in Christ, then he can get us to be completely sidetracked. In fact, it was Lucifer who came to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and said, Did not God say? He tried to twist their thinking. And Adam and Eve Listen to the lies of the enemy. And they were cursed because of that. But in reference to our thoughts, you say, well, that just, how do I overcome these thoughts? Yeah, well, we all have negative thoughts. If it's sinful, if it's fearful. What do you do? What can we do to overcome these thoughts? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, a scripture that has been a staple in my life spiritually. For the weapons of our warfare, for the weapons of our warfare lets me know that we're at war. When we say yes to Christ, we are in, in effect signing up for battle. We are soldiers in the army for the Lord. And when you are in the army, you aren't sent out unprepared. You are not only given weapons, but you are taught how to use those weapons against the enemy. As well, you are taught the tactics of the enemy. Because when you go to war, you can't just be taught how to fight. You have to know who your opponent is. You have to know the weakness. You have to know the position and the plan of your enemy. So the word of God says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We don't fight the devil with just our fist and we, we can't punch the devil. We can't, we can't use our own carnal thinking to fight the devil. We can't just say no to the devil. It's not enough to say no. Just it's got to take something else. It's got to take some more power. It's got to take some supernatural. You can't fight the enemy in the natural. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but our weapons are mighty through God 
for pulling down strongholds. Casting down imaginations or casting down arguments. What, what do we use with our imagination? Well, our imagination comes from our, our thought process or our brain. Going back to guarding our mind, putting on the helmet of salvation. We are casting down imaginations. The weapons that we have through the power of God. We pull down strongholds, casting down those thoughts. Well, that lets me know that we are all going to have negative, wrong thoughts. But what will you do with those thoughts? Will you choose to allow that thought to sink in and eventually get to your heart? Or will you choose to fight those thoughts and come against those thoughts or rebuke them and, and speak the word of God against them? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Your thoughts lead you into your decision and your choices in life. Well, that leads me to a question. What are we allowing into our mind? What are we listening to? What are we watching? What are we hearing? If negativity is all you hear and wrong is all you see, then your life, the choices you make are going to be based on what you know. But when you come to the understanding of what does the word of God say about me, what does the word of God say about the weapons that I use to, to come against those lies, you can choose life. I realize that, number one, life is full of choices. It's inevitable. Number two, choices determine our future. And lastly, the choices we make affect other people. You may not think it now, but your temporary choice can cause long-term effects for those that are around you in a positive way or in a negative way. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And I want to stop right there. That validates the statement that I just made, that the choices we make affect other people. The Word of God says that we are to choose life so that you and your descendants may live. That lets me know the Word of God tells us that your choices will affect your family. Me as a father, my choices will affect my, my sons. If the choices that I make because of the pressure upon me, if because if, if the stress of life causes me to choose 
to do or say things that are ungodly or wrong. My choices will affect how my children perceive who God is. I am living out an example of who the Father is in the role that I have as an earthly father. It says, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Lord, that we would choose life so that our children would choose life. It goes on to say that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. The, the latter part of that verse tells me that when you choose life, and you choose life, you are, are obeying his voice. You will cling to him because there's something about a confident mentor. There's something about someone who has stability. When I am stressed or when I'm confused, I want to talk to someone who is confident. When I want help with a problem or I'm stressed or I'm anxious, I want to talk to someone who is stable in the Word of God and who is confident that I can rely on for help. God is the most stable person. God is the most stable friend. God is the most confident and loving Father that you can rely on. And when we have this God that we serve to rely on, and when we choose to serve Him, when we choose to obey Him, when we choose life, He says that He is your life and the length of your days, and that you will dwell on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. When we choose life, when we choose Christ, when we choose the Lord, blessings follow. Now, I didn't say you wouldn't go through stresses, you wouldn't go through problems. But when you choose life, God gives you life. I'm reminded of the two choices that God planted in the Garden of Eden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve had the choice to choose blessing or cursing. We also have set before us, God has set before us two choices today, life or death, blessing or cursing. That's what Deuteronomy 30 says. He says, I set before you choices, life and death. The word of God says, in the New Testament, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Life or death, blessing or cursing. When you choose life, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man cometh unto the Father except by me. When you choose Jesus, you're choosing life and you're choosing blessing. And long life and length of days is what you're going to get. But when we choose death, which is a representation of sin, when you choose sin, cursing, and death, 
is what is to follow, not blessing. What am I doing to increase or improve my relationship with God Almighty? I have to ask myself that question. Ask yourself the question, what am I doing to improve my walk with the Lord? We've got to understand that those small 1% improvements, those small choices for good that we make daily to draw closer to God makes a difference because we are in effect choosing life. When you wake up in the morning, choose your thoughts. Don't let your thoughts choose your walk. You wake up in the morning and you be intentional with your thoughts. We have got to be intentional with our walk with Christ. We have got to be intentional with our thoughts. We've got to stop letting our circumstance cause us to have a thought process that goes against the word of God. And then we start to choose to doubt, choose to worry. Worrying is a choice. Concern, that's inevitable. We are all concerned about things in life. If you're not concerned about a few things throughout the day, then you're not alive. That's normal. But when you have no word in your heart, when you have not hidden the word of God in your heart, you don't have a contrast. All you have is worry. I'm here to encourage you to get the word of God inside of you. So that you can choose life. Choose to believe what the word of God says. James chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear, bear figs? Thus no spring, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. You've got to choose life or death. We can't, we've got to stop living double-minded. We wake up one day and we walk in in faith and all of a sudden we face a struggle and the next day we walk in doubt. And we don't pick ourselves up. We have got to be intentional with our choices. Choose the word of God. Choose life. Choose blessing. Choose to pray. When I say 1%, I'm serious. Sometimes you set too big of a goal. Drawing closer to God begins with the love of God inside of you. And doesn't begin with a religious mentality of if I don't do this, I'm not good enough or I'm not. God doesn't love me enough or I can't be good enough. I'm just I'm just a heathen. I'm not good enough for God. Then you don't have a proper understanding of who God is. Jesus. Made the best choice of all the choice that Jesus made because of God the Father brings, giving him to us gave us the opportunity to choose life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That whosoever believeth in him is an example in it telling you and telling me that if we believe in him, if we choose to trust in Jesus, because Jesus chose the cross for us, he didn't have to. Jesus was the prime example of making the right decision. You say, well, Jesus didn't face stress and worry and anxiety like I did. I want you to go back to your Bible in the New Testament and find where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying so hard that the Bible says that he's sweating drops of blood. He's praying so hard. And you know what? I, I thought about that scripture the other day, and I was so humbled to know that I know that Jesus faced all things, all temptations as we face, yet without sin. But this understanding that the Lord gave me was even greater than I had ever known. Jesus had his will. He knew what God's will was. But listen to what Jesus' words were to God the Father. He said, Lord, let this, he said, Father, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That lets me know that because Jesus was facing so much anguish, because Jesus was facing so much hurt, he felt led and inclined to choose his way and not God's way. How many times, because of stress, because of worry, because of just life in general, that we feel to choose to go our way and choose to do things our way. We choose to do things that aren't right. And sometimes we choose to not pray. We choose to not read our word. And then we find ourselves in oppression and depression and we wonder what's wrong. We've gotten off balance. It's time that we choose life that we might live. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. That was a choice. Jesus chose to go to that cross and to die on the cross so that he could be the door for us to be reconciled back to the Father. I urge you today, as the word of God says, he said, I've set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. What are you faced with on a regular day? What are you faced with on a daily basis? I believe that there are struggles that we face that can be tackled and that can be overcome and that can be, the battle can be won if by just a small improvement on a daily basis. Each one of us know our weaknesses. Close the door before the enemy comes in to mess you up. If you choose to be aware, the Bible actually says be sober, be vigilant, for the enemy, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion to seek whom he may devour. Choose to be alert. Choose to be aware. 
choose to hide the Word of God in your heart. When you wake up, choose to read the Word of God. If you just pick your phone up to find out what is the verse of the day, start with the 1% improvement. Choose life. And just like that cyclist, that team, that cyclist team who chose small improvements on a daily basis, it paid off over time. I'm here to tell you, don't get frustrated because you might wake up in the morning and choose to do right and still everything's going to go wrong and you still feel weak, you still feel frustrated. Don't give up. The Bible says be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's time that we choose to be steadfast. It's time that we plant our feet in the ground and we get so sick and tired of being sick and tired that we stand flat-footed and say, I choose to believe the word even if I feel like I'm fixing to fall over dead in fear. Even if I feel like, I feel, feel like that I'm fixing to lose everything I got as long as I'm staying in the word of God and I'm lining myself up and my life up with the word of God and I'm choosing Christ and I'm choosing to believe the word of God, I'm not going to move. It's time that we become violent in our faith. It's time that we become strong in our faith. It's time that we become so confident in our faith that our faith becomes contagious so that when we choose the right way, people seize the power of God working in us. Signs and wonders follow as we put our faith in the word of God and we testify to the goodness of God. We choose to step out. We choose to speak the word of God and we choose to be a light and a witness. The word of God says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Choose to override what you think, what people thinks about you. Choose life that you may live, you and your descendants. Jesus chose the cross so that we could have the choice to have life and have it more abundantly. And I just urge you to start making the right decisions in my own self on a daily basis. Make small improvements on a daily basis. Start small. When you feel like getting mad and you feel like saying things, you, something you shouldn't say, Walk away, walk to a room by yourself, close yourself off in the dark and just say, help me, Jesus, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that spirit of anger, I rebuke that spirit of fear. Those are small improvements that add up over time. You are victorious. The word of God says that you have been made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Choose to believe his word, and let's live and walk in victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray for you and those that are listening. 
God, I thank you for this moment in time that you've given us. Your word stands, Lord. When the world is crumbling, when the economy is crumbling, when the government is crumbling, your word stands strong and stands firm. Your word tells us that we have a choice set before us. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Today we choose life, Lord. Today we choose life because our choices are going to affect our family in a positive way in Jesus' name. Today we choose to, to acknowledge that what we do affects us, affects our future and affects our family and affects those that are around us. Today we make the choice to live for you wholeheartedly, God. Today we make the choice to give our all to you, to surrender all to you, Lord Jesus, holding nothing back. I pray over every person that is under the sound of my voice listening to this podcast. I plead the blood of Jesus over their mind. I pray in Jesus' name that as they get in your word, that they would get a hold to your promises, God. And they begin to declare your word over their circumstances and choose to believe that your word is true. Your word never fails. You're an on-time God. I thank you for your faithfulness. We choose you today, God. We choose you, Christ. We choose to believe your word, God. We choose blessing. We choose life. For you are the way where there seems to be no way. You are the truth in the midst of all the lies. And you are the life when sin tries to bring us to a point of death. We trust you wholeheartedly, God. Thank you, Lord, for the choice you made for us, God. We worship you and will never fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen.